Derek's going to be preaching from the Gospel of Luke today in chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. If you're using one of the Pew Bibles, it is page 869, if you want to read along. We'll also have it back here as well. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. This is God's word for God's people. Well, as Joel said uh, earlier in the service, if you missed the, um, the call to worship, uh, we are starting a new series today called Faith Redux, which is a fancy word for revival. Um, it's designed around something that we all experience, which is spiritual atrophy. Um, we all go through these stretches when faith is difficult, when things like prayer uh, is difficult, when reading the Bible is not all that interesting, um, when engaging in church life is the last thing on our radar. And listen, if I didn't work here, I'd skip a Sunday or two or three or 12 or 20, like some people. But um, I would do the same thing. I, I understand. Um, we did a survey earlier this year on the effects uh, of the pandemic on your faith, on our faith. And it was very interesting to read through those um, surveys when they, once they all came in and we closed down uh, the link. But there were 42 different comments uh, that were written in, and every single one of them um, had this tone of struggle of uncertainty, of dislocation, uh, and in some cases, anger. One simply said, I feel very distant from God. We asked also in that same survey, what spiritual practices in your life have taken the most uh, hits uh, over the last 18 months or so? And the top three were prayer, the Bible, reading, studying the Bible, and engaging in church uh, life. And I would say these three practices are ones that they, they have to go through these periodic revivals and restarts because they're not really that easy to do. They're simple on the surface, but they can be difficult. They require intention and presence. And worst of all, in our lives, they require rhythm. And that is the thing that we're not really that great at keeping a certain rhythm of discipline and practice in our life can be uh, a hard thing to do. And so this series is about restarts in those areas of our life. And we begin with this practice of prayer. And Joel just read uh, a very short passage about Jesus praying. I've been teaching a class on the Old Testament uh, before service, and my class asked me to clarify what genre uh, this text is uh, so that we know what we're reading. But this is a historical situation where Jesus is praying, and that, that was funny in my head. Okay. Uh, the, the point is, it's, it's very important to know what kind of writing you're reading when you read the Bible so you don't start a cult and end up at a uh, Foo Fighters show with Westboro Baptist Church. So um, that's an organization that could use some help in genre. Okay. So the scene in our story today uh, is strange. It's weird. Uh, Jesus is praying, and the disciples are watching him do that. Now, I don't like to be watched 
what I'm praying. Um, if you go out to eat with me, uh, this is not an unspiritual thing, but I often forget to pray before the meal in the restaurant. Uh, the reason is, it's weird. <laughs> no, I'm not discounting the importance of that. I, I try to do that, but it's not often the case. But it is, all, it is somewhat often the case that when I do pray before a meal, as soon as I open my eyes, the, the poor waiter is standing there with seven hot plates <laughs> on his arm span, his wingspan, waiting for us to say amen. Uh, hot plates. Uh, but the, Jesus is praying, and the disciples are watching him do that. And it says that after he finished praying, the disciples went uh, to Jesus. Uh, they approached him, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. Carl, we start at 10. <laughs> uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is a key line here. As John taught his disciples to pray. See, Jewish teachers would give their students, their disciples, certain prayers to pray. Or at the minimum, they would help them uh, develop a prayer life by having them at least mimic them as their teacher. And John the Baptist had done this. He had given his students lessons in prayer, perhaps even certain prayers to pray. This was not uncommon at all. The prayer that you were taught to pray attached you to not just a way of thinking and a way of faith, but also to your teacher. Uh, a friend of mine and former rabbi, uh, Derek Lehman, once said that the Lord's Prayer is the mark of Jesus on the lips of the disciples. That when we say the Lord's Prayer, we are saying the Jesus Prayer. If you stand up in the restaurant today and just say the Lord's Prayer out loud on top of the table, uh, people will hear that, but they will also know that that's the Christian prayer. That is the Jesus prayer. And they said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to do that. Teach us to pray. It tells me that prayer is a learned behavior. You would think that it would just be natural, but it's actually unnatural for us to sit and to speak things to an unseen God is a strange venture. And so it is a behavior that we learn to do, and it is one that we must continue to do and be reinforced in that. Jesus concedes, and he gives them this prayer. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us into temptation or into a time of trial. This is a version of the longer Lord's Prayer in the book of Matthew. There's two things in here that I want to briefly hit on. And I think it has to do with two ways or reasons that we pray. And the first reason that we pray is that we need a fix. We need something fixed in our lives, in the lives of those around us, or in our world. Certainly you have felt this way. You have said that needs repairing, that needs fixing, that needs solving. Uh, that's not right, that's wrong, that needs um, guidance, that needs help. And so sometimes prayer for us is just we need a fix. We want God to fix something about something in us or what's going wrong in our world or in the lives of others. And this way of prayer is basically request. We send our requests uh, to God. When I was growing up, I listen to the radio. You guys know what that is. 
Um, it's still out there. And the thing that you did was you could call in and do requests. They would say the request lines are open. And I would, it, it, I would get on the phone and I would call 96 Rock, because I'm a local. And uh, I would request songs. And you know what would happen? They would never get played. <laughs> never. It was like prayer. It was like, I'm just going to ask for this song, and hopefully it'll get, it'll get played. Uh, when, I forget what channel it is, but this happened to my son, but I think it's the river. Again, you have to, you have to like research the radio. But uh, you, you could call in on their app, or you could leave a voice message on their app, and they would play it in their like little reels before in between songs or whatever. And we were in the car one day, and my son's voice comes through the radio. It says, this is Alden Sweatman from Buckhead, and I want to hear some ACDC. <laughs> and he was in the car with me, and I just looked at him like, how did you get through? Like, <laughs> I tried for years as a kid and never got through. But prayer is request. Notice how Jesus allows for this in the template for prayer, the kingdom come. What that means is that the prayer is for God's ways of mercy and grace and justice to cover the earth. Your kingdom come for daily bread that we might have what we need. He invites us to pray like that. Absolution, that we would experience forgiveness both in receiving it and also in giving it. Most of the Lord's Prayer is request. And that's okay. As Haley read earlier, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your, what's the word? Requests. What's the word? Requests be made known to God. So when you pray... Do you ask? Do you request? I do. I pray for things like that I am able to love well the people in my life. In my life. I pray that I can get through difficult discussions or decisions or circumstances. I pray for the peace of our city and our community. I, I pray that my cancer doesn't come back. I actually had a tumor marker test, which I didn't know what that was, uh, a couple weeks ago, and it came back clear. And uh, hold on. On the phone, the nurse says, your tumor marker test came back and everything is normal. And I said, well, it better be, because it's only been four months since surgery. <laughs> if it was any different, I would like my money back. I say that as a way of saying I know that it's a long journey. And so that prayer is common for me. And I pray for whatever it is that you ask me to pray for on your behalf. Um, so if you get links from us that say, tell us how we can pray for you, fill those out. We get those and we pray for you, and I do that as well. So much of prayer is asking, requesting God to fix things in our life and in our world. And I wish I knew why God answers some prayers 
and not others. Um, to quote Paul Simon, uh, that information is unavailable to the mortal man. I wish I had an answer for you, um, but I don't. We will never have a satisfactory answer to that. But you and I are invited to ask, and we are allowed to bring our requests to God and even our frustrations and worries and angers to God, to request that God do something about the things that we are hurting over or scared of, to remind you that the word Israel is a compound word that means to fight with God, that the very name of God's people is uh, one of tension and struggle. And so sometimes we pray for a fix, and we're invited to do that. But the second way that we pray is uh, we pray as a way of, or as a response to a fixation. We pray for fix, but we also pray out of fixation. Notice how the prayer begins that Jesus gives us. It's with the word Father. The version in Matthew says, Our Father, so that we, lest we forget that we are also a part of this prayer, the first thing Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer is that they stand where he stands, that they share the same Father. When we pray, when you pray, when I pray, when we bring our things to God, we stand where Jesus stands. We are included in the intimacy of this relationship. And that's a powerful thing to think about. The requests that we make to God the things that we want God to fix, they basically cascade down from the intimacy we have with God. Our asks of God, they take their place in the shadow of this fixation that we have with the person of God and of God's grace and mercy over us. Prayer is a fix, but it is first a fixation. I think about that great song uh, from Percy Sledge in 1966, when a man loves a woman. Anybody? When a man loves a woman, can't keep his mind on nothing else, he'd trade the world for the good thing that he's found. Amen? Nobody? Okay. Bunch of stoics. It's a fixation. We understand fixation from our earthly loves and fascinations. That's why I love you too. The band, it's hard to tell if you're hearing a song about God or about a woman. Or perhaps it's both. Like some of the love poetry that we see in the Bible. It brings us to both. It hits on a thing that we're all pretty natural at, and that's being fixated by a love and a passion for something or someone. And to be fixated on God is to be caught up in something. To be aware that we are in the presence of the ground of all of our being. To pray this way is to adore. It's adoration. That's all these songs are that we sing, by the way. They're just fixations. Nobody writes us. I mean, people do write songs to make money. I get it. But when we are singing these songs on Sundays, they are just expressions of a fixation with the presence of God. And here's why I bring this up. If I can stay fixated on God, meaning if I can use prayer 
to carve out even more space in my life for God's presence. Then I put myself in this place where I might hear God's heart for me and for the world around me. And it's at that intersection, if I choose to do so, where I might hear God's prompting on my life to be his presence in the life of someone else in need. Sometimes God answers the prayer, no doubt. I have done this long enough and have seen things and have experienced things with prayer, either from other people or in my own life or as a church, that it's the only answer is that God said, okay, I'll play your song. But sometimes, and you must know this as the church, Sometimes we are the answer to someone's prayer. Sometimes the answer to someone's prayer is the church and the people in their life who God is prompting to see the need that they might have. But I don't think you get there unless you can develop this fixation with God. If God is all about fixing then we lose sight of who he is. We lose track of what his heart is like. And so we must get to this place where our fixation with God continues to grow and to develop. So let us be a people who pray. I want to ask that you join me in growing in our practice of prayer. As Joel pointed out in the call to worship, we've put together prayer journals for you to use over the next few weeks. Take those as you leave. Uh, We'll provide a digital copy in the newsletter along the way, but please join us in that. Restart that practice in your own life. Maybe you've spent the last 18 months quiet in your prayer life. Restart that discipline, that practice. Let us become a people shaped by our time with God. That's a very difficult thing to do, but it does happen. And may we learn the ways of Jesus through our fixation on him, that we would continue to read his teachings and stories and listen to his word and allow that to shape us, that we may learn his ways. And may you be blessed by the words that you say and hear when you speak to God.